Welcome to Covenant's Pulpit Ministry. Covenant Evangelical Free Church believes that the Bible is the Word of God and that God's Word is vital for life-transforming Christianity. We trust that you will grow to know the Word of God and more importantly, the God of the Word as you hear this message today. May God bless you as you open your heart to His Word. Good morning, church, and uh, during the past few weeks, in fact, two weeks, we have intentionally paused from our study of the book of Daniel to deal with four big questions of life so that we might develop and cultivate a biblical worldview and perspective of life and of everything that's around us. In the first uh, uh, message, we look at the topic on meaning and purpose. What is love and life all about on Good Friday? And then we look at history and destiny. Where is this all heading towards on Easter Sunday? And then just last Sunday, we look at the topic on truth and morality. And Bishop Robert Solomon uh, brilliantly brought us this subject. How do we make decisions in discerning what is right and wrong? whether to take bus or to walk. Remember the story uh, he told about the missionary. And this morning, we come to the final and fourth big question in life. The big question of life is where did we come from? The question of origin and design. And I propose to you the answer to this profound question of origin and design. Where did we come from? Will never be found and answered from an anthropocentric approach, meaning starting with thinking or even looking at ourselves as creatures. But the answer is only found from a theocentric approach as we look from the viewpoint of God, the Creator. You may be asking this morning, what has origin and design got to do with me? Absolutely everything. Now, how do we make sense of our origin and design on earth. Are we here on earth merely by accident or just to get busy, to make money, achieve good grades, keep fit and healthy, climb the corporate ladder, live a life of pleasure or even find a life partner? Now, don't, don't get me wrong. All these are not bad pursuits in themselves. But all this must never define who we are. They will never give us our true origin and our true design of life. Pastor Rick Warren, in his well-known book, The Purpose Driven Life, said this, and I quote, You exist only because God will that you exist. You were made by God and for God. And until you understand that, life will never make sense. You were made for God and by God. And until you understand this, life will never make sense on this side of eternity. It is only in God that we discover our true origin. The word origin simply suggests to us that it starts somewhere. And so this morning, we're going to start somewhere from that which is already and has always been self-existent, God Himself. Please turn with me to your Bibles, to Psalms chapter 8, to Psalms 8 
and we will read Psalms 8 together. Turn with me to Psalms 8 in whatever version you have, whether it's a hard copy Bible or in your digital form. And I'd like to invite all of us to stand on our feet, on site and online, to read God's Word together so that we may discover our origin and our design together. So would you stand with me on your feet as we read Psalms 8, verse 1 to 9 together. I think there are about 5,000 of us here. So let's hear 5,000 voices to read God's Word together. Ready? One, two, three. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to steal the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, oh, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him. Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings, and crowned him with glory and honour. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Let's bow our heads in prayer together. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Lord, would you open our eyes this day to behold wondrous truths out of your word so that we may know how we ought to live in the light of our origin and your design for our lives. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Psalms 8 was written by David when he was a young shepherd boy. And he probably walked far across the hill to find pastures to feed his sheep. He walked from morning to night. And finally, he will lay down to sleep. And there he will contemplate the nature around him. Oh, the stars in the skies, the heavens and the moon. And then he began and he ended Psalms 8 in simply worshipping this God the mighty creator. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And there are two essential aspects of our God that will show us our origin and our design. Firstly, God's glory in creation and secondly, God's grace to humanity. Let's look at verse 1 and 2, God's glory in creation. It says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. The Hebrew word for majestic in our English Standard Version Bible or NIV, or even the word excellent in the New King James Bible, literally means, O Lord, how broad is your name. Eugene Peterson translates this verse in the Message Bible correctly when he says, Oh Lord, yours is a household name. 
Yours is a famous name. Yours is a well-known and well-established name. How? Because God's glory in creation is seen at least in two ways. Firstly, in verse 1, it says, You have set your glory above the heavens. God's glory in creation is firstly seen in the heavens. Now, pause with me to recall in your mind perhaps the most grandeur and splendid sight you have ever seen. Maybe Niagara Falls, Grand Canyon, whatever comes to your mind. Maybe Mount Favor, Bukitima Hill. Whatever is the most grandeur sight you ever seen. For me and my wife, it was seeing sunrise above the clouds. That to us was the most grandeur sight we've ever seen in our life. Okay, enough. But even the most grandeur splendor that you have ever seen will never justify the magnitude of God's glory that reaches beyond the heavens. If what we have seen and what we call as our grandeur splendid, it's only a speck of God's glory, only a glimpse of God's glory. Can you phantom how much more glorious God's creation is that is beyond our human comprehension? Secondly, God's glory in creation is not just seen in the heavens. It says here in verse 2, it's seen on the earth as well. It says here in verse 2, out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength. Oh, how God has originated the incredible process from conception of life to the delivery of a baby or infant. From an embryo to a fetus and then to a newborn baby who is an indisputable champion of God's glory. After the first service, a couple came and showed me their son, Matthew, a few months old, and said, Pastor, you prayed for us. We were struggling and we were barren and chalice. And after you preached the morning service, we said we must bring uh, Matthew to you. And I said, I was so tempted to keep Matthew with me for second service and show out of the mouth of baby and infants, God has established strength and praise. Now you may ask, how on earth could helpless babies speak so powerfully and profoundly of God's glory? that he can even silence and steal the enemies of God who despise him. Jesus himself told us a story in Matthew 21. When Jesus came and cleansed the temple, and then he declared, My house shall be a house of prayer. And then the, the lame and the blind came to Jesus, and Jesus healed them all. And the children were around, and they saw all these wonderful miracles happening right before their eyes. And guess what? The children begin to shout, Hosanna! Hosanna to the son of David! And hearing this, the chief priests and the scribes were indignant because they said, how could these street kids ascribe to Jesus the Messianic title, the son of David? And so they turn to Jesus and say, do you hear, Jesus, what these children are saying? They are saying, you are the Messiah. How can this be? Shut these kids up. They don't know what they are saying. 
And Jesus replied to the chief priests and scribes in Matthew 21, verse 16. Yes, have you never heard? Have you never read? And then Jesus quoted Psalms 8, verse 2. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, God has prepared praise and strength in them. In other words, God's people, God could have chosen anything in this creation, but God has chosen and created babies and infants, which means you and I, to praise Him. That's our origin and our design. We came, we are made by God. We are created by God and designed to praise Him. Even children and infants and babies know that. Now, this is against the prevailing view of the world today about our origin and design. That the world often claims that in terms of our origin and design that we came from the Big Bang theory, from the evolution theory, or even by accident. This morning, the Word of God declares all this for short of what the Word of God says. Even Genesis 1.27, the story of creation reminds us here in Genesis 1.27. So God created man in His own image. God created every baby, infants, men and women, boys and girls, in His likeness, in the image of God. He created him, male and female, nothing in between. He created distinctly male and female. He created them. What's our origin? The Bible says we are created by God in His likeness. And God's glory in creation is beyond any probability and chance. Consider the structure of your own complex body that you are in right now. Our eyes, our major organs in the body and our entire DNA are clear evidence of a divine designer, a divine creator who created our body. The world in its solar system and the fine-tuning of the universe are evidence of a cosmic designer it all points to a creator God and a divine designer. And that is where we come from. You are made by God. You are not here by mistake. You are not an accident. Look with me on the screen, these two brands of watches. The $200 Seiko watches. And perhaps I was told a $10,000 Rolex watch. Both are made of the same material. Both are made of metal and materials. But why does one watch cost more than the other? What determines the worth and the value of each of this watch? It all depends on the origin and the design of the watch. And this points back to the hands who made these watches. And can you imagine, the Bible tells us, we are made not by Seiko and Rolex watch maker. We are made by the Creator God and therefore we are much more worth 
than any of this. And God's glory in creation show us not only our origin and design, but our value and our worth. We may be just flesh and bones, but our origin and our design are from the very hands of God who made us. Where do we come from, my friends? The Bible tells us here two essential aspects of God that shows our origin and our design. Firstly, God's glory in creation. We are made by God. And secondly, God's grace to humanity. We are made for God. Verse 3 says, When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man? Now consider with me very carefully what the world looks like. We are a super small human being on a super big planet. And that super big planet is traveling around at an even bigger solar system. This bigger solar system is an even bigger galaxy, which is one of the many billion galaxies. That's how big the cosmos world is. I love what Eugene Peterson paraphrased this verse when he says, when I consider the macro sky, I can only think my macro self. Wow, what is man? Insignificant. When we think of the significant cosmos world, we realize how insignificant every one of us can be. There's really nothing very special about insignificant me and you. Except that God loves us and that God would choose in His love to extend His grace towards humanity in at least three ways in the next few verses. Firstly, God is mindful of men. God considers you. He's thinking about you. I love this poster that shows men at his 20s, 40s, and 60s. It says men at 20s worry about what people think about him. Men at 40s do not care what people think about him. Men at 60s realize people have not been thinking about them at all. But this is not so with God, the Bible tells us. Verse 4 tells us God is thinking about you. In fact, the word mindful in the Hebrew comes from the word saka, which simply means thinking fondly of you. Isn't that nice? It's not just someone likes you or someone thinks about you, but God thinks of us fondly. Theologian Brueggemann points out two different Hebrew words used to describe humanity here. The first is the word man, enosh which carries the idea of human frailty. That man is so frail, not just fragile, but they are frail. They are weak. One day all of us will grow old and age, and we are told this week that uh, one in four, we are in a super mega aging society in Singapore because of the boomer generation. The second is the son of man, 
which comes from the Hebrew word Adaman, which says he comes from the earth. This two Hebrew word for man and son of man simply goes to show how insignificant and how frail humanity is. But in spite of that, God's grace to humanity is not contingent on how great we are, but how great God is to us. So regardless of our age today, our gender, our social status, our economic value to the world, please, please, never for one say or even think that we are worthless or useless. Because Psalms 8 tells us, no matter how significant, how frail humanity is, God is mindful of us. God thinks about us. We are precious to God. And this morning, however far you may feel you are from God, come back to Him. God desires for you to have that relationship with Him because He has not only an origin for you, He also has a design for your life. He has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for your life. And this is what God says in the next few verses. In verse 4b to 5, And the Son of Man that you care for Him, yet you have made man a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned Him with glory and honour. God not only considers men, thinking fondly about them, but He also cares for men. He cares so much about us. He cares about our waywardness how far we are from God, how we have been separated from God, that God would send His one and only beloved Son to die on the cross for every single one of us for our sins. And so if you're not yet a Christian this morning, whether you're on-site or online, whatever circumstances your life has led you to, God says you are created by God you are also designed for God. Why? Because you are precious to Him. Finally, in verses 6 to 8, God charged man to rule over this earth. God gave man dominion over the earth. He says in verse 6, you have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. Underline the phrase, all things under His feet. Doesn't that sound familiar? Other than the Lord Jesus Christ, whom God has given Him all things, whom God has put all things under His feet. Verse 6 tells us humanity is entrusted with the same responsibility to have dominion of the earth. Now note the extent of our dominion of this earth. Verse 8, over all sheep and oxen and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, the fish of the sea, whatsoever passes through the paths of the sea. And some you say, yeah, that includes my cat, my guinea pig, my dog. Yes, 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 yes. Include that, include that. all included. Now this takes us back to God's first command to humanity in Genesis 1.28. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have what? Dominion 
over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, the word dominion in Hebrew does not mean we have the authority, permission, and power to abuse and torment the creation of God. Rather, the Hebrew meaning of the word dominion means we are to spread and to increase God's loving and wise reign over the earth. Which means every part of our humanity, our influence over people, our work in the marketplace, our family, our contribution to society, our recreation and leisure, our ministry in the church and our service to the society, all this are put and given to us so that we might extend God's kingdom's reign on this earth. Allow me to apply this practically in two areas for all of us. Firstly, making a difference in our daily work at home and in the marketplace. God's kingdom on earth is advanced through our work that He designed us for on earth. Whether you're a homemaker at home or you are working in our society, contributing to nation building in our society. Our work on earth, therefore, is more than just providing a livelihood, but an opportunity for us to lift up God's kingdom value in this world. Though I understand work in Singapore can be extremely demanding and stressful, long working hours, tedious projects to write and to present, tight deadlines to keep, unreasonable people to deal with in our workplace. Yet all these are designed by God for us so that we are not just simply workers in Singapore, workers in our company and organisations, but we are also to be witness for God in the workplace, serving our King, Lord Jesus. The second application for all of us is in the area of creation care. And this second application is for God's design for us on earth is to care for our creation. While Covenant EFC is committed to continue to extend God's kingdom reign on earth by focusing on what is eternal, such as the preaching of God's unchanging word, the discipling of generations, the discipling of Singapore, and the discipling of the nations, we must also take care of this earth that God placed us in. Revelations 21 tells us that there will be a new heaven and a new earth, and that God will come to renew this earth. As responsible humanity, God has designed all of us to rule and to care for this creation. The beasts of the field, the birds of the heaven, the fish of the sea, and all there is, the living creatures. We are thankful that a group of young adults in Covenant EFC seek to raise this awareness of creation care. First, in our own local church and Lord willing, even beyond our local church to others. It recognizes that God has called us 
as disciples of Jesus Christ to care for His creation as an expression of how we love God and how we love people. And so this group of people will organize a reflective nature walk. They will do beach cleanups and then encourage us as God's people to be mindful of our consumption habits such as conserving electricity and maybe reusing some of our items in life. And so to find out more about this creation care, you can follow them on Instagram so that we'll not just participate with them, but also be personally involved in our own life on a daily basis in how we continue to care for our own creation. In conclusion, where do we come from? Where's our origin and where is our design? The Word of God in Psalms 8 shows us today two essential aspects of God that shows us our origin and our design. Firstly, in God's glory in creation, we are made by God. And secondly, in God's grace to humanity, we are made for God to rule and to have dominion over His creation. God is still God without man, but man without God is nothing. And it's only in God that we truly discover our origin and His design for our lives. So that in believing in God and following in Jesus, we might not just be living eternally, but also living intimately with God and purposely for God in the way He has designed us to be. I grew up from a very poor origin on earth. I grew up with no father at the age of six. When my father died of heart attack, at the age of young 30s. And there was therefore no hope of any promising future or design for my life. I grew up with a low sense of self-worth. I often think I'm not smart enough, I'm not strong enough, not rich enough, and certainly not good enough. I grew up thinking I need to work and earn my self-worth. And so I had this drive to excel in whatever I do in life. But then came the turning point in my life when I learned about this Jesus Christ who loved me enough to die for my sins even though undeserving I am. Who made me worthy when I was totally unworthy. Who promised me a glorious design and destiny of hope and future that the world can never give me. For the first time in my life, at the age of nine years old, I realized that the answer to my question of origin and design, the question of who am I, the question that Jackie Chan asked, who am I, is never found in himself. But the question of who am I it's found in Jesus Christ alone that I'm accepted by Christ, that I'm secure in Christ, that I'm significant 
to Christ. It was until and unless I came to this place of my true origin in God, I could never fully realize God's design for my life. As I grew up, there were many paths I could have taken in my life. But because I knew God's origin for my life, I found God's design for my life. And so, in order for us to know our design for our lives, we need to know our origin that comes from God. And I pray for all of us that as we grow to know God and be secure and assured that our origin is from Him, that God will lead us to walk in His design for your life and my life. Let's bow our heads in prayer together. As we bow our heads and close our eyes, whether you are here on site or you're with us online today, if you are like me, still searching for the answer to this question, where did I come from? Where is my origin? Where is my design? Then stop looking around you. Stop looking even at yourself. Start looking up to God. Start turning to God today. Because as you do so, today can be a turning point and a defining moment for your life. As you turn your life to the very hands who made you. Not the hands who made Seiko or Rolex watches, but far more powerful, greater and mightier than these hands are the hands of the Creator loving God who says, I loved you. Oh, what is man that God would even consider or even care for? And God says, I care for you. I think about you. Why? Because you are precious to me. You are priceless to me. And that's how much I love you. And as you hear God's word this morning, whether it's on site or online today, you say, Pastor, I want to give my life. I want to turn my life over to the very hands who made me. I want to come back to my true origin so that in knowing my true origin, I may discover and walk in God's design for my life. But that can only happen when you give your life to Jesus as Saviour and Lord for the first time in your life. And as the eyes are closed and the heads bowed, if you've never given your life to Jesus and you say, yes, I want to do so this morning, I realize I didn't come from the Big Bang Theory or evolution or by accident or by mystic, said my parents. Today, the Word of God says, God created me. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, God has ordained praise. And today, you are coming back to your true origin by giving your life to Jesus for the first time. And that's your desire as our eyes are closed, heads bowed. You say, yes, pastor, pray for me. Today, I want to give my life to that creator God, that glorious God who made this creation, including me. Let you raise your hands where you are. Where you are on site, just scan a QR code after this service and we'll get in touch with you. But today, you say, yes, I want to give my life to Jesus for the first time. Then you lift up your hands right now. Hi, hi. 
so that I can pray for you. Anyone, anyone, gallery or here, or those of you in East or Bukit Panjang, lift up your hands high. Father, we pray for those whose hands are raised, even those on site right now. Lord Jesus, come into their life. Forgive them of their sins and more important, help them be assured of their true origin that comes from you. That you have made them. That in your image, in your likeness, you created men and women. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. Man, male and female, you have created. And none of us came by chance and so we pray in Jesus' name, would you seal this prayer in faith as they invite Jesus Christ right now into their lives. Lord, come, change their life. May their life shine for Jesus as they grow as disciples of Jesus. I want to speak to the rest of us who are majority Christians right now. Today, God says we have a responsibility to care for our creation. God sends us in our workplace, not just simply as workers, but to be His witnesses for Him so that we might have dominion of this world. And today you recognize your who am I? This question is found in whose am I? That you and I belong to Him. We not only belong to Him, we have been empowered, we are sent forth and commissioned by God even after this Sunday service to go out to the highways and byways and to our marketplace to be His witnesses for Him. So today, would you, would you stand on your feet to say, Lord, commission me. Commission me as your witnesses so that I may go forth to spread and to extend the rule of God, to lift up God's kingdom values in wherever God places. Let's all stand together as we sing this response song, Who Am I? Because the key to who am I is to know whose am I, that we belong to Him, that we are sent forth by Him.
am I? Who am I that the eyes that see my sin will look on me with love and watch me rise again? Who am I that the voice that calmed the sea will call out through the rain and calm the storm in me? Because of what you've done, not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. Father, thank you for revealing your glory through creation and the miracle of life that man indeed is created by God and precious to you. Convict our hearts this morning that we may walk out of this place knowing truly who I am by discovering whose I am, that we truly belong to you. I am yours. Convert our hands this day to live in the light of our origin and your design for our lives so that we may always live to praise you. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Would you lift up your hands as we receive the Lord's benediction? Now may you be filled with the knowledge of God's Word and God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you may always walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power, according to His glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to our Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light, both now and forevermore. And all of God's people say together, 
Amen. Have a blessed week. We're glad you had spent some time listening to God's Word, and we hope that the message has ministered to you. You can visit us at www.cefc.org.sg for more sermon titles. God bless you in your spiritual pilgrimage ahead.